We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Every single hump day here, 3 p.m., you know him. You love him. Former NFL quarterback host on 790 in Houston, the great Sean Salisbury, now joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Sean, welcome, bud. Yeah, thanks. Good to be on with you guys. Hope you're well. Um, You know what? We're on the mend, but we're okay because we got yep. some just fire football coming this weekend. If if you had to choose one to win a game right now, are you picking Mahomes or are you picking Burrow? Burrow in this game. I, I love I, – well, they're the two – listen, we have the levels, I think, and I think we sometimes overdo one game or three games. I'm talking about over the course of it. Just, let's say – two years' body of work and how they've closed out, and then this year, red zone, all those things. It's not saying that there's not a lot of talented ones, but there's two and kind of a third in the, the top group, and it's the two in this weekend and Josh Allen. Now, Josh next year has got to clean up, throwing you know five picks in a red zone and some careless stuff, but he's such a dynamic player. We've seen that in last year when he played against Mahomes. So you can put three in that category. Then there's the next level, and – on any, and this sounds so cheesy and, and, and you know, elementary and cliche that on any given day, all three of those can beat you. Well, we've seen it. Mahomes has got Allen. Uh, Burrow's got both. That's the deal. And Allen, I think, got Mahomes as well. So, yeah, I would take Burrow. And not just with the injury. I've had the high ankle sprain, and I fortunately, before my sophomore year against playing against Elway, I had two weeks. And it was fairly severe, taped it up, heavy, and then heavy spat job. And Mahomes is far freakier athlete than me and all that stuff. So whatever that medication and ice and shot to get ready to play in a game this big with this magnitude, they'll be ready to go. I don't know how close to 100%. If it's an ankle, like you mentioned, if it's just banged up and tender but not sprained, it may be a different story. But if you get 90% of Mahomes, 85%, you're in good shape. I just love the way Burrow handles any situation as well as Mahomes. And I think Cincinnati is a – Tough matchup on both sides of the ball for Kansas City. The key is you got to stop Kelsey. But I'll take Burrow. I had since about week ten, I felt that they were the best team in the AFC, and I and I'm not backing off that. I think Cincinnati goes in and wins. Sean, what happened to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? Was it that the Bengals were just too good? Was it hey, this team's been through so much adversity? Von Miller, Demar Hamlin, the whole situation that, that they maybe just ran out of gas. What do you think happened with Buffalo? I think emotion, you know, the emotions, the ebbs and flows of emotion go up and down. There's no question about, you know, you lose one of your – and unfortunately the injuries, I'm not talking about DeMar Hamlin, I'm talking about Avon Miller or when you lose players. Mixon was out for a minute for Cincinnati this year. I mean, the ebbs and flows and that part of injuries happen. The key is the depth of your team. You saw what Henny did driving 98 yards 
to take care of his business in the game. That's what they're supposed to do. Well, now, not 98 yards. It's probably a little irrational for me to think that's supposed to happen with all backups. But they're on the roster. They're supposed to do their job. And I think the depth of it, they've had a lot of injuries this year. Remember, Micah Hyde was banged up. Yep. Tredavious White trying to get back into it. Well, Ron Miller, And then, obviously, the Hamlin stuff. There's no doubt the, the, the injuries. But the injuries affect everybody. So I'm not willing. The Hamlin emotion, for sure. The up, the, you know, the, the, the draining emotion of what went on, and rightfully so for him. But when you hit the field and you're at home, regardless of the weather, the emotion has to kick into the energy that you are on the doorstep of another opportunity to get to a Super Bowl with one more win if you take care of that one. So uh, I think Cincinnati Bengals are just better. I, I do. You know, you, well, you turn it over, the other quarterback doesn't. Nixon rushes for 100-plus. Your, your run game doesn't do the same thing. I think the most underrated part of that game – is the defensive coordinator, the way he's calling defenses for Cleveland, and it'll matter this week with Kelsey, but also the way that the offensive line manhandled Buffalo's front seven. And then the frustration mounts. So I just think right now, to be honest with you, I think Cincinnati's a better team. I do. I think Cincinnati's better, and Buffalo's got something to do this offseason to get themselves right. Sean, looking to the NFC, we got a Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts matchup in the NFC title game. Who do you favor to come out of the NFC? <laughs> this is, if you're faint of heart, you probably don't want to be involved in this damn game uh, or watch it, should I say. It is going to be, think about this, guys. If I say, find me a weakness on either team, can you? The statistics tell you, what is it, Philadelphia's run defense is 21st in the league. I know the eye test doesn't say that. Uh, the, the eye test says they run gap blitz. They know how to tackle. They're so key on getting after the quarterback with those guys, with those guys hand on the ground, and those 70 sacks and 60-plus come from those guys that I believe that, that you know sometimes they may overrun them. But I, I, I'm not going this game thinking we can dominate the run, and yet the 49ers' run offense is as well-designed and as efficient and can be as dominant as any is in the league. And look what McCaffrey's done since he's been there. I don't think they've lost. So, uh, for me, this is one hell of a matchup. The Going in, we would have said seven weeks ago, oh, Brock Purdy, whoever the quarterback is, is a weakness. Find me that weakness. A guy has overcome adversity. The guy has proven he's the starter that sometimes scouts and general managers and coaches miss and all those teams have passed up. And my favorite thing, he gets over good and bad plays equally as well. He does equally as quick. So, Hurts has played like a monster. Coordinators on both teams, people are – craving to go in and run their program. I mean, it's crazy. Both passing games are dynamic. Both running games can kill you. Both quarterbacks got their feet and their arm. It's going to, you know, I hate to say it, but isn't it going to come down to a flip the field, a back a guy up and get a turnover and get the better field position? One quarterback lays it on the ground on a strip sack fumble. I don't, you're going to have to beat the other team. I don't see somebody beat themselves. This is going to be nasty. Both teams can rush the quarterback. Both teams got stars galore. Inevitably, it probably comes down to a good coach's decision. And who has, I guess, bigger stones in this game? Hurt for Purdy? Both of them have proven all year long or half the season for Purdy that they can handle it. And we're going to see if going on the road across the country, if this is just another game for Brock Purdy. It's going to be interesting. You think Brock Purdy is the future in San Francisco, or is this just a holdover? I, I, to, to me, I, I don't know four years from now, you know, Dustin, but I can say now. Uh, or, or even Purdy just was, next year, maybe. Yeah, well, if Brock Purdy was a first-round, let, let's just say he was uh, the, the uh, 15th pick of the draft. 
fair enough? Yeah, Not sure. The last six. He, you know what the you know what the national media in San Francisco and everybody's talking about? Contract we, extension. We, 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 we found ourselves our franchise quarterback. The stigma of well, he was the last guy drafted. What's wrong? And we keep looking for the the, the you know the wheel to fall off. We keep looking for him to screw it up or to lose his poise and not overcome a bad play or not make the plays that are necessary. And he doesn't. So I don't know if he's going to be a superstar in ten Pro Bowls. I can tell you this. So what has Trey Lance done? Or I mean, Jimmy's played well, obviously, but his contract's up, and they were going to move in a different direction anyway. But what has Trey Lance done that would tell you that he deserves the job, other than being drafted higher than Brock Purdy? Everybody on the team talks about they're better. You see the guys rally around them, McCaffrey and Kittle. While I I still want to see what Trey Lance is all about, how can I go in just because he was banged up and hurt, and go into the off season because he was the we traded all these assets for him that you're the quarterback. Isn't it now Brock Purdy's and that Trey Lance has got to take it from him? If the 49ers start Trey Lance and he's the number one guy going into next year, and you can lose your job by injury. It'd be crazy. Now, Lance, he may be a star, but he may not see the field there. So if you just flip the script and made Brock Purdy the 5'11", six-foot, first-round pick, every, if this was Lamar Jackson, if it was Josh Allen, in their rookie, Mahomes in their rookie year, we would be saying this dude is the franchise quarterback. Man, look at the 49ers' future. The only reason we're not is physically he doesn't fit the 6'4 bill and because he's the last guy drafted, which is a bad and lazy narrative for people who don't study the position. Sean Salisbury on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Sean, uh, the AP Defensive Player of the Year finalists have been announced. That's Nick Bosa, Chris Jones of Kansas City, and Dallas's Micah Parsons. Uh, the name we obviously don't see here is, is Miles Garrett. His stats, uh, almost to a man, are right up there with Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and, and Micah Parsons. Should we look at Miles Garrett as being a snub, not being one of the finalists for this year's AP Defensive Player of the Year award? Oh, I think he can. Sure, and we, 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 we uh, you know how I feel about uh, Miles Garrett. I think he's a great, great football player. But here's the deal. I mean. I don't they only announce three finalists and you say, okay, if you're going to put Miles Garrett on, all three of those guys, Cowboys playoffs, Bosa playoffs, Chris Jones playoffs. And I know you say it, but sometimes the, the vote, it gets lost in the shuffle. The MVP in the NFL is not going to be, even if he had 5,000 yards of passing and 35 touchdowns, wouldn't be on, well, look, even Geno, who got beat in the playoffs, had a Pro Bowl year. He, he not gonna, he, he's not going to be in the final three. So I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what we see and who are you taking off the list. If we have three finalists, are you going to take Chris Jones off? Without Chris Jones, Kansas City defense completely changes. We know that Bosa is a game wrecker, and Parsons with the naked eye is as good as any second-year outside linebacker slash pass rusher that we've seen in a long time. So while it's a bummer for Miles Garrett, I think we understand why the landscape says if the Browns were still playing with those numbers, I would not be shocked. If they would have said, oh, okay, Miles Garrett, but when you're not playing for a playoff spot, the voters kind of just push you aside, even though you put the numbers up and somebody's going to get left off. I have no argument with the three guys that are on there because I can't take any of them off considering what they've done. So I think what this is hinting to is, we, you know, when you work in a market where a great player plays, you can sometimes be blind to how he is perceived outside of the market. And, you know, when we've had people on – they they've talked about Miles as yes he's great but and that but is 
He's not in the category of Nick Bosa or TJ Watt. But yet again, statistically, he's right there. Right. Is, is, is Miles looked at in that conversation outside of Cleveland, or is, is maybe this just us being super hard on, on our best player on a disappointing defense this year? I think it's the latter. When, and here's the deal, because to be honest, if, if, you're, if anybody that watches him play, and maybe the narrative because, you know, the, the, the Cleveland has, has not won a lot recently. I mean, obviously through the playoffs, but you know all the stuff they've been through and getting watching. And, and I don't think that, that you're too hard on him. I mean, because he fits, he's part of 11 guys on defense. But when you are considered one of the worst tackling teams in the league, and your defense had to fire their defensive coordinator. And really, in truth, that if you take Miles Garrett out of a game this year or contain him, you, you, the, you're, not, you're not getting a whole lot of help this year. They're good players, but they didn't execute it this year. So I think that for me, I think anybody I go tell you, if you say, give me five or six guys you love at that position, his name's going to get mentioned. He's a good player, but. It, it kind of you do get lumped into the team you're playing for, and that narrative that oh, it's the Cleveland Browns. We, we don't see enough of them, and they're deep. They'll look at the numbers on defense and say, oh no, it, that's just it's like a quarterback on offense. The initial thought is, well, he goes and gets his, but it's not really impacting the defense, which is false. But not everybody watches the Cleveland Browns like you, you do, you two, and me every week. So yes, he could very easily next year be the defensive player of the year because he's that good. The problem is, again, who you take it out. So I think the narrative has to do with the overall. It's the Browns' defense and their struggles, and you fire your coordinator. And when the other coordinators on the other teams, Spagnolo's been to a Super Bowl. We know, obviously, with, with, the, with the other guys, uh, with, the, with, with um, D'Amico Ryans, we, we know those guys, and Micah Parsons, Dan Quinn, their defenses have risen up and went to the playoffs. So you get lumped into 11 guys when – it really is an individual statistic, but in turn, they don't treat it like that. So they just assume the Browns' defense isn't any good, so I can't send Miles to the finalists, is I think what the voters think. Sean, we didn't get a chance, to, uh, I don't think, to have you on last week after the Jim Schwartz uh, hiring. I'm just curious your thoughts on that hire for the Browns. I think Jim's really good. I do. You know, He's been at this a long time. If you're looking for fire and accountability, he, he's going to bring it. Now, the result, you know, getting good players and how they're going to respond and all that result. And I can sit here and say how good it is. I, I think it's a good hire. I do because Jim's had success as a defensive coordinator. You know, sometimes we say, well, he's been a bunch of different places and some places it worked and some places it didn't. But he's held in high regard. Uh, he's going to have, you know, his scheme. He'll do everything he can to put his stars wherever he's been. He's tried to put those stars in position to dominate, but also – I think you're going to see a little more aggressiveness, and you're going to see a guy who kind of takes on. The one thing about defenses, maybe, unlike offenses, because, you know, the calmness of a coordinator on offense most of the time, and when you see them, but then you see defense coordinators, D'Amico, the energy. These guys have got a little bit of fire in their belly, and it's, sometimes it's outwardly. And Jim's got fire in his belly, and I usually believe that the defenses take on that personality, and you see more of the head coach. So they'll be fire, and there'll be accountability. Now, you got to get results. So I think it's a good hire, and I think they're headed in the right direction. And I think they can't help but be better this next year. And then the commitment to being better tackling. But Jim's been around it a long time, and he will hold them accountable. Sean, I'm asking this because the Browns just went 7-10, and 10, and uh, it's a little tough to see the sun from here. Uh, what do you need to be a championship team in 2023? Well, a guy under center better make a hell of a lot of plays. 
and I mean a hell of a lot. Take a look when we went into the playoffs. Why the four? We could talk about defensive playmakers. Every one of these quarterbacks has been lights out the entire time, and the last handful of seasons, they just have. Aside from Hertz's injury, they've all done everything necessary to do it, and then they're getting stops on defense, and they've got more than one player to beat you. I think Cleveland, you know, they've got a recommitment in Kevin Stefanski to find the rhythm with finally having that quarterback to make sure that they stay committed to physicality at the line of scrimmage and running the ball. But like the USC Trojans, I'll use that as an example, dynamic quarterback, they can score, but they can't get off the field. All, their defense can't get off the field. So until USC, like Alex Grinch and all that, until USC finds a way to keep somebody under 40, they're not winning a national title even with the best player in America and would be the first pick in the draft. Same thing here. You've got a dynamic quarterback who will finally have an offseason to settle in with his teammates. They'll be better offensively. The question is, will do they have enough players? So if you're going to do it, that guy better be great. Baltimore's not going away. They've making some changes. Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin should get – Mike Tomlin's the best coach other than Andy maybe in the league right now. He had no business going 9-8, and eight, and he did. They, they should get better. And we know the Cincinnati Bengals are clearly the best team in this division right now. So you're going to if you're in a chase mode, but you better take care of your own business. The quarterback's going to have to play at a Pro Bowl level to keep a minute because that's commonplace now for the best teams in the league. Sean, great stuff, buddy. Uh, really do appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, conference title round this weekend, bud. We got the four best teams playing. Forget their, you know, where they were seated. These are the four best. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, fellas. I should state, I didn't expect him to be. It just kind of further illustrated how I think on a, on a grand scale, I, I think people ignored what a great year Miles had. Yeah, I mean, it, it's listen, you're on the Browns. The Browns didn't have a great year. Miles wasn't playing on national television every single game. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's easy for guys to get buried on teams that are sort of average. So I think I think outside of Cleveland, that's it. I think it's really tough to have your defensive coordinator fired. Yep. And you be the defensive player of the year. I don't think that's why we ignored him here. I don't think we ignored him here. Um, ignored is, is maybe not the right word, but I maybe he didn't get the flowers he deserved in Cleveland. By who? Like us on the radio? Yeah. I mean, th- so, but what are we supposed to do, Nick? We're going to come on the radio and talk about a defensive player who made a, a few nice plays and the defense played like crap I mean, for five when, hours? When, I mean, when it's, he okay, is, it's okay to come on and be like, hey, Miles had a good game. He had a really good game. Well, but I, I don't think at any point we talked about a guy who was top five or top three in literally every stat which he was. I mean, most of the year, he was pro football focus, and that's one thing, but he was their number one defender yeah, but we, again, almost of the year. We would have if the team would have been in playoff contention. Well, but can't two things be true? Can't Of course, and it is it is true. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying from, from a standpoint of how much attention we're going to give him or talk about him, that's why. Um, I don't think it's just because the team's not good. I, I think... I think we, right or wrong, I think we conflated the Browns' disappointing year with Miles being a disappointment off the field. There's maybe some truth to that. And I mean, the, the, from the car accident to some of the comments that were made, like, yeah, I think I think there were probably some people that were, were rubbed the wrong way by him, even though, and it can also be true, that the guy had a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. It, well, it just makes me wonder... Like, is Miles ever going to get its flowers? 
And when I say flowers, like I, I think I do think Miles is a future Hall of Famer. By the way, like let's not forget that after the Saints game, we were bleeping bleeping this guy. Yep, for being benched. And and I will say, I absolutely was more critical of Miles this year than I ever have been. So that I think that goes to the point of like. Are we going to give the guy the flowers when he didn't do everything we expected of him? Um, for this year, I think it's fair. I do. I'm not. I don't want to make it sound like I'm calling anybody out that we didn't give Miles his flowers. I think Miles cost himself his flowers with some of the off the field stuff. I do. That's not why he's not one of the AP uh, top three finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. It is, it is, you were on a bad defense. And and honestly, listen, I, I, I think the one thing that I think has been echoed in Cleveland, and I think it's been echoed out of Cleveland, I think there's one consistent. And that I think people perceive Miles as a stat chaser. Right or wrong. And I think no. a lot of that ties back <clears throat> into some of the defenses he's played on have not been that good. And you know what? Can I just be honest with you? I think on a on a on a much bigger level. I still think people don't like Miles, and I don't mean in Cleveland. Like I, I've always felt the need from what, like going back to the the Mason Rudolph incident. I mean, is there other stuff? I think going back to he, Miles was hit something early on as a prospect that it's just really tough to come back from, and it's the does he love football thing, and it was because Miles likes classic cars and Miles listens to Elton John. And because Miles is is an odd duck, like he is kind of Miles. There's there's a, there's not really anybody like him personality wise. But I think the second that that was thrown out there, I think there were just certain death knells in the NFL that if this is said about you, good luck overcoming it. And I think Miles was hit with the does he love football thing, which if you watch. If you watch Miles, there's no you. You don't get to be the level of player Miles is without loving football. You don't. But I think that stink, and I think you hear it. I think you. I think I think that's the through line with people saying, "Well, he's just a stat chaser." I think is a through line with saying Miles is a different cat. I think all that stuff is coded, and I'm not talking in Cleveland. This is definitely a big picture perception of Miles thing. I do think Miles gets dinged a lot from a narrative that was said about him leading up to the draft seven years ago, six years ago, and I think it still haunts him today. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I think it's more about what fans expect out of him. And, like, yes, the production sack-wise is incredible. What, what the guy is able to do, I mean, that's, that's those are tough numbers to, to get, and he's done it every single year. But I, I, I do think that they're – is more expected of him. I mean, like... Well, I mean, but can he, we hold Miles accountable because the defense isn't better? It's 11 well, guys. At some point, it is 11 guys, of course, right? Of course it is. But, I mean, I, I, I do think when you've got a guy that you, you, you're you making the case that he should be the best defensive player in football, right? Or in the AFC, at least. I mean... I think he should be in that conversation more often, even if this year is the, the year where I'm okay. a player so. of that caliber have more of an impact on the defense? Because we all year we talked about how the... The, the Browns roster was really talented, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, what is it? I don't know. I, it, it's just tough. It's tough to reconcile his stats 
which are real. They are, they're just as good as Nick Bosa's. He didn't have 18 and a half sacks. He did have, what was it, 15 or 16 sacks in 16 games this year? Like, talk about TFLs. You talk about all the different ways that players are graded. He's right there. And I would yet, be, I'd be curious to know, like, if we polled current players, guys that have played against both Bosa and, Gar- and Garrett and mm-hmm. Watt and, um, you know, some of the other great edge rushers in the game. And, like, I'm talking about all, like offensive linemen, guys that played against him and what they would say. Like, who, who would they say wrecks the game more? Who has more of an impact on the game? I don't know. By the way, uh, S. S. Patrick yeah, on yeah. Twitter saying, Miles will get his flowers when he stops yelling at the florist. I really like that line. That's pretty funny. That's a really, really funny line. Uh, Don, welcome to the show. What you got for us, buddy? Good afternoon, guys. Um, my issue with Miles um, is he doesn't seem to be mean enough, and I don't think he has the motor of a Bosa. Now, I will defend him on the mean comment in terms of maybe that was taken away from after the whole um, Mason Rudolph thing um, because in, I believe, 2018, he started off the season with quite a few um, roughing the passer penalties that were ticky-tack, and in 2019 it continues, and we know what happened in the helmet incident. Um, But I think Dustin just hit on a a key word, uh, impact the game. I'm not going to pretend to watch Bosa every week or TJ Watt every week, but I watch them enough, and I think those guys impact the game more often or throughout the whole game better than Miles does. Yeah, I've um, I, I got to be honest with you, Don. I think it's a little apples and oranges. Do, do you do you know the other names on that San Francisco front four? Eric Armstead is one of the best interior pass rushers in the game. Javon Kinlaw is a very good player. Amenahue is their third edge rusher. He had four and a half sacks this year. Like, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be Miles' apologist. I think it's fair to criticize him. But, like, if you put Miles on that defense, Miles' numbers might be even better than Nick Bosa. Yeah, I, I do agree with, with that point. Um, and the other thing I'll say that, you know, offers some defense to Miles and, and the stats is, they, I don't think they use him properly. You know, he's got a really good secondary behind him, um, which should help with sack numbers. In my opinion, if he was used properly, he'd have 20 sacks a year. I think he's that talented. Um, but the other aspect, and I'm not going to pretend to know this. I think too many fans try to pretend we know who really the leader is in the, in the clubhouse or the locker rooms. We don't. I just question, is he really the leader that he should be? What's he, sixth, seventh year? You know, he's approaching 30, the best defensive player on the team, one of the best defensive players in the league, and the defense has been criticized for two, three years up and down, is he the leader that he needs to be on the defense to really get them in shape? I wonder I mean, about that. Listen, I, listen, the guy got benched uh, for a series against the, the Saints. It's fair to say. I would just, it just feels like every time, it's so weird. It's so weird that this is the conversation externally with Miles that his game is picked apart. And internally, it's picked apart. They're for different reasons, but I've just—I've never seen an athlete do what Miles has done, and it just feels like there's always four things that people point out about him. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong. By the way, Miles did get benched. It's a real—that's <laughs> a fair thing. Yeah, how does that happen? And the, the question that you asked, like—I mean, the, it, ca- it, the car incident. I mean, the the calling out of your, your the coaches at at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, look, I'm I, I'm not going to say that Jadavion Clowney was right, but 
Maybe there is a little truth to what he said about Miles trying to get his. I would also say Jadavian Clowney would have been cut about eight weeks ago if behind oh. the scenes he had the criticism of Nick Bosa that he had of <laughs> Miles Garrett. If we're being fair there. I just I feel like he's burdened with a level of performance that I just I don't know anybody in his class. Like if if the Steelers defense is twentieth and TJ Watt still has ten sacks, nobody's like Ah, he's a stat compiler. Or if if the uh, 49ers defense has a couple bad weeks in a row, nobody goes, Nick Bosa is ass. And what's weird is it happens inside Cleveland mm-hmm. and outside of Cleveland. And and the inside Cleveland I get, because the inside Cleveland is uh, the defense has not lived up to its expectations the last two years. Right. And Miles has had as many reasons to talk about him off the field as on the field. Totally get it. But like uh, Ron on Twitter saying, Garrett is a phenomenal football player, but does not make others better like Bosa and these other great players do. He's on his own little island. TJ Watts on a defense with Cam Hayward, uh, Alex Highsmith, and I've already forgotten the fourth. Oh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So if you were to take those three guys off, I don't know TJ Watt is feasting. And oh, by the way, they also moved TJ around which the Browns for most of this year did not. For the first half of this season, Miles Garrett was lined up over the left tackle and Miles, go do your thing. But like the the Nick Bosa thing, I mentioned Eric Armstead, who by the way has been out most of this year. So Nick Bosa had 18 sacks, 18 and a half sacks. The 49ers had 44 sacks this year. With Miles Garrett, he had 16 sacks. And the Browns had, what was it, 34 sacks. So does Nick Bosa make Samson Ekubon, uh, Ebukam, that's what I was trying to say, better? <laughs> or uh, Amenahue or Drake Jackson or Fred Warner? Or is he playing on a better defense with more talented guys and a better defensive coordinator? I, I think it's all a fair question. I'm I'm just telling you, you're asking why he's not getting his flowers here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I I think that there's a, a variety of reasons. Do you think in, let's say, say 15 years from now, Joe Thomas, he's been in the Hall of Fame for about 14 years, mm-hmm. and Miles, let's say Miles goes off and finishes off a legendary career and he's in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Do you think Cleveland fans put Miles and Joe in the same conversation? Because we never... We never doubted what a good player Joe was in a in a position that think, doesn't have stats. I think it's unfair to have that evaluation now because we don't know what the Browns are going to be. Because like Joe was never on a winning team. Mm-hmm. Well, and, but we never held him accountable for no a I, bad I, offense. I, no, I understand that, but I'm, but in, in just in terms of because I think they're both obviously going to be gold jacket guys. So Joe coming up this year and Miles down the line. If you're to say like who had the better career or whatever, I, I think it depends on what happens in the next four years with Miles Garrett. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I did not just hit Is puberty there. No, no, no. It is I still don't have my full voice back from this uh from, <clears throat> from grilling outside for too much, according All to the Jonathan burnt Peterlin. Ends. All those burnt ends, according to my boy Jonathan Peterlin, just uh throwing throwing his boy under the bus. But uh so I was trying to catch my breath. Been a lot of fun. Playing her. 216-578-0092. Does Miles deserve criticism because the Browns defense was butt this year? Because at some point, 
if you're if, if you had 16 sacks and we're talking about them replacing half of the starting defensive line it kind of feels like that's not a miles garrett issue and again criticize miles the off the field stuff is fair like miles needs to grow up yep at the very listen he doesn't need to be rah rah tommy tommy tough ass like he doesn't have to be that just don't 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 make us groan at the comments and throwing your defensive coordinator under the bus right don't um don't all of a sudden act buddy buddy with your defensive coordinator when everybody knows that dude's getting fired don't come out and say Perry and Winfrey needs to learn how to be a professional football and player. And then get benched because and you, then did, get you did something. Eight weeks. The Browns really owe us something on that, don't they? They're not going to give it to us, but the Browns should have told us why he got benched, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. I If it's anybody else, if it's Perry and Winfrey, I don't need to know, right? What does he have fungus on the shoes? I don't give it to him. If even Denzel, who's gotten paid, if Denzel had gotten benched at any point or or sat for a series, it wouldn't have bugged me. But for for it to be Miles the week, and and by the way, this whole thing about oh well, it was uh, he got uh, relaying sickness. No, no, it wasn't. Come on, just it, 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 that, it, that it, little bit of transparency would go so far for me. Re- relaying sickness, it just sounds so silly. Like, because if that was in, the case, in, in the, Andy would have sat me today because I didn't pick up on Monday because yeah, I was too I mean, sick because, to, because to call. The, because the, the burn ends. I texted him instead of instead of giving him a call because I really, I was I te- I always, not coherent. I always text because typically I don't have a voice. Yeah, he heard me. as I picked up yesterday. I was like, hello. I sounded like Satchmo. Eric. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, I get it now. Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I don't think Miles Garrett is at fault at all for the defense. You know, when you have a guy who def- offenses are planning around to take out, whether it's chip blocks from tight ends, uh, running backs, double teams, then it's the other players' responsibilities to take advantage when they have those one-on-one matchups, as well as it's a defensive coordinator's job to take advantage of that and, and put additional pressure packages in. You know, I mean, what more can a man do? take three guys, there's nothing more he could have done other than maybe not get hurt and, and miss you know miss some time and not be as effective. What do you think? Eric, um, I think you bring up some good stuff there. Here's So what I actually think is a great point is, for most of the year, Miles faced more double and triple teams than anybody had in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, everybody points out, well, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa makes everybody better. Well, Nick Bosa isn't facing the same doesn't have to face the same kind of pressure that Miles Garrett does because he has an Eric Armstead, because he has an Amanahue, because he has a Drake Jackson, because they have guys a Javon Kinlaw. Like even those guys that aren't statistically um anomalies, those guys draw more interest than Tommy Togiai. Than um Jadavian Clowney when he only That's wants fair. to play on third downs. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.